You're listening to the RBN Energy Blogcast. This is an audio version of RBN's Daily Energy Blog, which is a fun and informative daily commentary on oil, gas, NGL, and renewable markets. Each morning, we cover commodity fundamentals and industry changes to keep you informed of developing trends across the energy landscape. Monday, May 29, 2023. Oh, Captain Mercaptain. As crude oil exports grow, the Mercaptain's issue can't be ignored. Published by Brett Hunter and Taylor Noland. Crude oil quality has been a hot topic lately. With the increase in waterborne activity along the Gulf Coast, a high-quality barrel is desired now more than ever. Permian WTI exports have continued to increase as production rises and refining capacity remains relatively stagnant, outside of ExxonMobil's recent Beaumont expansion. This has resulted in more scrutiny on Permian quality and more concerns rising to the surface, both from the pockets of lower-quality WTI produced at the wellhead and from blending by market participants, as many midstream providers and traders have become efficient at capturing arbitrage opportunities. Recent WTI quality concerns have primarily been around metal content, hydrogen sulfide, or H2S, and mercaptans, while nitrogen has become a major issue in the natural gas market. In today's RBN blog, we look at the issue of mercaptans in WTI. Let's start with the basics. Mercaptans are naturally occurring contaminants in crude oil and natural gas, also called thiols. Mercaptans are organic compounds bonded to sulfur. Their presence can range from a few parts per million, or ppm, to several thousand ppm. While mercaptans are undesirable in crude oil, for reasons we'll get to in a moment, they do have some commercial applications. Some non-corrosive mercaptans are injected into natural gas to provide a distinctive rotten egg odor to help detect leaks, and another type of mercaptan is used to produce methionine, which serves as an intermediate in the production of pesticides, fungicides, and animal feed additives. Mercaptans are problematic in crude oil because they can be corrosive, which can have negative implications for pipelines and refining equipment. For refiners, high mercaptan content presents significant risk for loss of catalyst activity, and negating the catalyst lowers the overall quality of the fuel and decreases the yield. Further, the presence of mercaptans can decrease the life of the catalyst, creating unplanned downtime and costs for the refiner. Lastly, the tendency for mercaptans to create very pungent odors during refining is also an issue especially for refiners near residential and commercial areas. Where mercaptans originate is a complex and much-discussed subject, at least among hydrocarbon geeks. It is common knowledge that West Texas Sour, or WTS, has higher sulfur content and often corresponding higher mercaptans levels than WTI. This also affects price, which we discussed in the Price is Right, However, WTI and WTS are both being produced with elevated mercaptan levels, and it's believed that some sour barrels are being blended into the WTI stream. Mercaptan content has been most commonly tied to the Delaware Basin. West Texas counties with confirmed concerns about mercaptan levels include Loving, Winkler, Ward, and Reeves. The presence of mercaptans in crude oil is not a new issue, but the concerns around it are increasing, especially as WTI becomes a bigger player on the world stage. With the recent inclusion of Midland WTI into the Platts dated Brent assessment, even more eyes will be on the quality of crude being exported from the U.S. Gulf Coast, or USGC, and Platts has explicitly identified mercaptans as a parameter that must be monitored. Testing for mercaptans in crude oil, which involves laboratory inspections, is more intensive than standard testing for sulfur or gravity, which can be done with a lease automatic custody transfer, or LACT, unit, C-square 1 part 4. As a result, testing for mercaptans tends to be more reactive than proactive, 
generally starting at centralized locations such as crude oil terminals then working back to the field level. There are two common methods for determining mercaptan's content in crude, called ASDM D3227 and UOP163, although the latter is most commonly referenced in Permian pipeline tariffs. Between fluctuations in production, new wells coming online, old wells declining, and blending, effective identification of mercaptans and treatment to reduce their levels is a moving target. There are two main ways to treat mercaptans. One method is the injection of scavengers, or chemical compounds that react with mercaptans to form heat-stable and oil-soluble products, thereby weakening their odor and corrosive properties. That requires time and space for the chemical reaction to happen, so tank space and mixing is needed. In the other method, a substance is added that oxidizes the mercaptans. NEROX, acronym for mercaptan oxidation, is a proprietary catalytic chemical process used at some refineries if the mercaptans were not already adequately treated with scavengers. Despite the treatment options available, we still see elevated mercaptans levels in the Gulf Coast on occasion. In some cases, midstream companies charge producers fees to deal with the mercaptans. We've heard of carriers charging up to $1 per barrel for treating and handling of mercaptans, while some producers are taking matters into their own hands to reduce costs. Once a producer hands its crude oil off to the gatherer, WTI will be commingled with others along the gathering system and eventually at a market hub, such as Wink, Crane, Colorado City, and Midland. Hub terminals typically have multiple sources of crude oil supply and create opportunities for further dilution to a more homogeneous quality. However, savvy traders and midstream operators can also use these terminals for additional blending opportunities, buying discounted crude oil, such as WTS, Eagleford Sour, and railed-in, non-Permian crude oil, and blending it into the common stream to capture blend margin. While blending can be financially lucrative, Another driver is the lack of egress for WTS and poor quality WTI. Refineries within and near the Permian Basin can consume sour crude and the Cushing market is a common destination, but those outlets have finite capacity. For pipelines delivering crude oil from the Permian to the Gulf Coast, only the Longhorn Pipeline routinely makes the move, though, as we have noted in our crude oil Permian report, the pipeline flowed below capacity in the first two months of the year. For Gulf Coast-bound crude oil without access to Longhorn, blending may be the only feasible option. From the market hub, WTI will eventually make its way to a mainline system for delivery to the destination market, which may also allow for blending opportunities. Houston has access to supply from Cushing, and Corpus Christi has easy access to supply from the Eagleford. Once it reaches the destination market, the WTI will likely be processed in an area refinery or exported through a marine terminal. For the exported barrel especially, customers have become very sensitive to mercaptan's levels, among other concerns. The common limit desired for exports is 75 ppm, though some argue that a max of 50 ppm would be more ideal. The 75 ppm limit has been further memorialized by Platts, which started accepting Midland WTI cargoes into the dated Brent assessment for June 2023 delivery. Producers in certain areas of the Permian may have the misfortune of producing a high mercaptan's barrel, when this happens, the producer will have to use one of the aforementioned methods to reduce the mercaptan's level or find a taker of the crude oil that can manage it through treatment or dilution, at an undoubtedly steep cost to the producer. It's worth noting that while some markets, or pipelines, battle mercaptan's issues, others seem to avoid them altogether. Why do some pipelines seem to find mercaptan's management a challenge while others do not? There are two big reasons, tariff restrictions and control of the value chain. Quality specifications in pipeline tariffs can be wide-ranging. Some pipelines have a mercaptan specification, while others do not. Allowable API gravity ranges and sulfur content also can vary from pipeline to pipeline, along with other differences.
Why are the quality specifications so different? Pipelines that were put into crude oil service closer to the beginning of the shale revolution shied away from specifications that would minimize the opportunity for blending. The absence of these restrictions has allowed some market participants to perform lucrative blending operations at the expense of downstream customers. More newly built pipelines recognize these concerns and set restrictions to minimize the likelihood of this behavior. To their credit, some pipeline operators with less restrictive tariffs have instituted injection restrictions that would limit upstream blending risks. Pipelines without a Mercaptan specification are at risk of upstream carriers delivering them a lower quality crude. This begs the question, why not just change the tariff? Unfortunately, it's not that simple. Many of the pipelines have been operational for years and have historical, often committed, shippers that made a decision to utilize the pipeline based on the historical specifications. If a pipeline carrier files for a tariff change with the governing regulatory body, those with a substantial economic interest in the tariff filing may file a protest. For these pipelines that would be the Texas Railroad Commission, or RRC, or the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission, or FERC, committed customers may also have a contractual right to prevent such a change. Why wouldn't they want the specification to change? While few will argue against better quality crude oil, some shippers may be unwilling to do anything that would limit their ability to clear the WTI. If the pipeline can reject the shipment, the Mercaptan's problem is not magically fixed. The shipper would have to come up with another plan to exit the Permian. So, what can the pipelines with less restrictive quality specifications do? They aren't without options. For instance, Enterprise Products Partners filed a new quality specification for all WTI being delivered to the Midland Terminal. This specification, which aligns with that of dated Brent, allows Enterprise to enforce the quality expectations of both domestic and international customers. Magellan Midstream Partners, now in a deal to be acquired by OneOak, has a program that requires all WTI delivered to its distribution system in Houston to meet the specifications to be delivered as MEH WTI. While these specifications are some of the most rigid on the Gulf Coast, they do not apply to the Longhorn and Bridgetex pipelines, which are both at risk of receiving WTI with more than 75 ppm mercaptans. The quality specifications at Plains All-American are less restrictive, but their control along the value chain is best in class. Plains, through the Plains-Oryx Permian Basin JV, operates the largest and most complex gathering system in the market. With 5,500 miles of pipelines in the Permian and the ability to transport 6.8 million barrels per day, Plains has tentacles that extend into every part of the basin including a dominant position in the Delaware. Further, Plains has 16.9 million barrels of storage across the Permian, including at the Wink, Midland, Crane and Colorado City hubs, which we noted earlier and detailed in our Wide Open Spaces series. Plains and Midland is broken up into several terminals and can receive from many of the other third-party gathering systems and terminals in the area, and its ability to distribute crude oil to end markets is unrivaled. It also has connectivity directly or indirectly to almost all, if not all, outbound pipelines. Plains has a stake in four pipelines from the Permian Basin to the Gulf Coast, Cactus I and Cactus II, via a joint tariff with Eagleford Pipeline, at 100% and 70%, respectively Bridge Tex, at 20%, and Wink to Webster, or W2W at 16%. It also operates the JV Basin Pipeline, which delivers crude oil from the Permian Basin to the Cushing Hub. Another company that has made a recent investment in expanding its position on the value chain is Energy Transfer, or ET. See it's all part of a bigger plan. Hot Office announced acquisition of Lotus Midstream, and its Centurion Pipeline, ET is becoming a much bigger player in Permian Gathering. 
the Lotus acquisition will give ET an additional 3,000 miles of crude oil pipelines, making it capable of transporting an incremental or about 1.5 million barrels D of crude and giving it control over an extra 2 million barrels of storage in Midland. ET now has a stake in five pipelines between the Permian and the Gulf Coast, West Texas Gulf, Permian Express 2, 3 and 4, and W2W. ET's Nederland terminal is one of the largest on the Gulf Coast, with more than 30 million barrels of storage, all products, but current draft limitations constrain its marine capabilities compared to Houston or Corpus Christi. ET also has a position on the Houston Ship Channel via the Energy Transfer Houston Terminal, or ETHD, formerly the Houston Fuel Oil Terminal. This dock position has many advantages over Nederland, but one major disadvantage, access to the mainline pipelines operated by ET is limited. The Ted Collins Link, which commenced operation last year, can deliver 275,000 barrels D from Nederland to ETHT. The remaining crude oil delivered to that terminal must be supplied by mainlines operated by other companies, increasing the chance of receiving mixed-quality crude oil. So, what does all this mean for the refiners and exporters of WTI on the Gulf Coast? Quality management will continue to be a challenge, especially for mercaptains as production grows in the Delaware Basin. Producers and midstream companies are keenly interested in mitigating the impacts, but with the complexity of movements, variability of quality specifications and the continued desire to keep costs low and capture quality margins through blending, mercaptains will be a continued nuisance. And not just mercaptains. In the next blog of this series we will address iron and other metal contaminants. The increasing significance of crude oil quality was a primary driver in our joint decision with Link Data Services to launch TradeView Crude Oil Price Analytics and Differentials, our new report to help you better understand what's going on each week with crude oil differentials. The weekly report provides up-to-date data and insights into the behavior of differentials for 33 crude assessments across North America. For more information on TradeView and a sample report, click here. Oh, Captain. My Captain is an extended metaphor poem written by American poet Walt Whitman about the death of President Abraham Lincoln. It is one of four poems Whitman wrote about Lincoln's passing. If offers hope in the face of finality in lines such as. The poem was first published in the Saturday Press in November 1865. It has also been included in several editions of Whitman's iconic poetry collection, Leaves of Grass. The poem describes the U.S. as a ship. The usage of the metaphor ship of state has been used over the years by many authors. The poem has been used in eulogies of heads of state and has made appearances in popular culture such as being featured in the film Dead Poet Society. Walt Whitman was an American poet, essayist, and journalist. He is called the father of free verse and is considered one of the most influential poets in American history. He grew up in Brooklyn and left school at the age of 11 to work. He worked as a journalist, teacher, and a government clerk, and volunteered as a nurse during and after the Civil War. His poetry collection, Leaves of Grass, focused on the common man in America. He first published the collection with his own money in 1855 and continued expanding the collection until his death in March 1892 at the age of 72. Thanks for listening to the RBN Daily Energy Blogcast. For more information on energy market reports, maps, and consulting engagements, please visit us at rbnenergy.com. And thanks for rocking with us.